In this episode, I will interview a chemical engineering student who raised $88,000 to take her dream of empowering young women and make it a reality. Let's do it. Welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, where it's all about helping real engineers to overcome real challenges and get real results. And now for your host, who is on a mission to inspire as many engineers as possible, professional engineer and certified career coach, Anthony Fasano. Welcome to the show. I have an awesome show for you today. Today's show is going to focus on taking an idea that you have and making it a reality. And that's something that's not easy to do. But if you can do that, it can shift your career and your life. And I'm going to talk to a recent graduate today who did that and raised over $88,000 to make her dream become a reality. It's a very inspiring interview. I'm looking forward to it. Before I do that, let me just take a quick minute to recognize our sponsor for today's show, Purdue University's Master of Engineering Management program. This is a top-notch program. It was voted one of the best online graduate engineering programs by U.S. News & World Report in 2014. And I get this question all the time from our listeners and engineers across the country and the world. Should I get an MBA or should I get a master's of engineering management or what are the other options? This is an awesome option, the MEM, especially from Purdue. Just give them a call. Just check out their website and get more information about it. I always tell engineers before you make a decision like this, get educated. What the Purdue MEM program allows you to do is to earn a master's degree that's specifically designed to advance your engineering career in industry with on-campus or online study options, which make it very flexible for you. For details on the program, you can call 1-877-598-4233 or email promasters, that's P-R-O masters at purdue.edu. They are processing applications daily. And last announcement before I jump into the main segment of the show, which again, I'm really excited about this idea of taking ideas and making them a reality. You have to think about how that can apply to your engineering career throughout this show because you're going to see a lot of nuggets planted throughout it. But before I jump in, the one thing I got to mention is the event that I'm going to be putting on in Washington, D.C., end of April, early May, called the Engineering Career Success Summit. The idea is to bring motivated engineers together of different experience levels and help them succeed cover all different ranges of topics, whether it's for students, we have an FE exam author coming for young professionals. We'll talk about goal setting, fast tracking your engineer, networking. For experienced professionals, we'll talk about delegation, effective management, earning trust. But I need your help because we need to fund this event because of the caliber of the speakers and the number of sessions we're doing and the location of it down in our nation's capital. We need the funding now. So we're running a funding campaign on Kickstarter You can see it at engineeringevent.com. There's a pretty cool video we put together there. And if you can't come, you can still consider funding the event. I'd really appreciate it. You can put a dollar up if you want just to show support for engineering career development. You can make a pledge and get a motivational ebook that I've written or a pretty cool engineering your own success t-shirt. And if you do want to come, the ticket prices are extraordinarily low because we're doing this in advance to raise money. So please, again, check out engineeringevent.com and get your ticket while the tickets are available. All right, so with that, I'm going to jump into the interview. My interview will be with Supriya Hobbs. She's a chemical engineer by training. She graduated not long ago from the University of Illinois. She has two parents that are scientists. So her, her career was destined to be in science. 
and engineering. And now she finds herself right in the thick of a startup with a lot of money that she raised. She has a co-founder, Jana Eves, who's also was an engineering student. And now she's got to take this and really, really make it a reality with the funds that she's raised. And she talks about that. I'm going to give you a couple quotes that'll lead us into the interview segment. These are two quotes from Scott Belsky. He's the author of the book, Making Ideas Happen, Overcoming the Obstacles Between Vision and Reality. The first quote is, an idea can only become a reality once it is broken down into organized, actionable elements. And the second quote, which is an awesome quote, is, most ideas are born and lost in isolation. I'm going to say that one more time, and then we're going to get to the interview. Most ideas are born and lost in isolation. All right, now it's time for our main segment of the show, and I'm very excited for the guest that I have with me here today, Supriya Hobbs. Supriya is the creator of Miss Possible, and we're going to get into exactly what that is and kind of her journey as an engineering student to taking this amazing idea and bring it to reality. So Supriya, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks so much for coming on. I'm really excited about having you. I've done quite a bit of research, reading through your site and your Indiegogo campaign. And for those of you out there not familiar with what that is, Indiegogo is a crowd a crowdfunding site where you can take ideas and you can you know make them a reality by raising funds. And Supriya and her partner raised almost $90,000 on Indiegogo, which is amazing. I mean, that just blew me away. So with that, Sabrina, let's get right into it. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about this idea that you had? Well, first of all, tell us about your background in engineering as a student and then how you kind of took this idea and how it came to you. Definitely. So uh, I just graduated in May with my degree in chemical engineering, and uh, I studied at the University of Illinois. And while I was there, I was a little bit shall we say, surprised and and a little bit irritated to find that I was among a minority of women in my engineering classes. So uh, at school, I got involved in the Society of Women Engineers, and I started doing outreach activities, bringing science and engineering to kids in the community, spending a lot of time in classrooms, watching how kids engage with these activities, and really showing them and reminding myself of all of the really cool things that we can do with engineering. So through that and, and through a community for entrepreneurs on campus, I met my co-founder and both of us felt really, really passionately about helping girls see the value in pursuing careers in science and engineering. And more specifically, the value in communicating this message of, you know, I can change the world as an engineer or, or with science. We thought that was a really key motivator for ourselves in our career choices. And then you know, it was something that we saw consistently from talking to our peers and from looking at research that had been done with kids. So we started reading up on it, and uh, we discovered that role models and early exposure are really critical to girls' career decisions. So we decided we wanted to combine those two, and we sort of took an entrepreneurial spin to it and came up with the idea for Miss Possible. So uh, we are a startup toy company that's seeking to empower girls to dream big. We are designing a series of dolls and apps that represent strong female role models and help girls interact with these characters and really engage in their fields to get them this early exposure that's so critical to their career decisions. 
So for example, our first character is Marie Curie, the Nobel Prize winning chemist and physicist. And uh, girls will get their doll and it's, you know, it's a normal doll. It's an opportunity to play imaginatively. And then in the app, Marie will walk kids through hands-on chemistry and physics activities that they can do with materials around the house. Wow. That's amazing. That's really awesome that you kind of came up with it and that you found your partner through the entrepreneurial club. I think that's really awesome. Let me ask you a question before we continue on with this story, just based on what you said already. A lot of times when I speak with engineers, I try to help them to try to find what they are passionate about. And for some people, it takes years and it could take a long time to find. And I know it's something hard to really explain, but maybe you could just give us kind of your thoughts on how you realized that this was your passion. I mean, I know I read on your website about how you felt so passionate about this. Maybe you could just explain to the listeners, you know, how does it feel when you find what you're kind of meant to do? (laughs) That is a hard thing to explain. I guess for me, it was the sort of problem that I spent a lot of time thinking about. And I think when people latch onto the problem that they want to solve, they tend to approach it from sort of two motivating standpoints. One is, I wish I had been given this advantage. And then the other one is, gosh, I really was given this advantage. How do I share it with other people? And for me, it was definitely the latter. I never really considered doing anything outside of science and engineering because I was seeing science from a very young age. Uh, Both of my parents were chemists. You know, between doing chemistry experiments in the kitchen and seeing my mom, who is my number one role model, I, uh, I always knew this was something I wanted to do. So the idea that other people had a much harder time making that decision and getting to the same point as me, I guess that that fueled me a lot. That's interesting. That's great. So as we can continue on with the story now, and, and you know, one of the reasons that I wanted to have Supriya come on was, you know, I understand that a lot of the listeners here are engineers, they're maybe in corporate practice, but I still talk to a lot of engineers that have either ideas like Supriya and they don't necessarily act on them and not necessarily just something outside of engineering necessarily or something different. It could be right in your engineering company that you have an idea that you want to try to bring to the table. It's something different. You want to start a new department. It could be anything. And that's why one of the reasons I wanted to really talk to Supriya because taking an idea and making it a reality is a very challenging thing to do. So, all right, Supriya, so you met your partner, you had this idea, you used to have this startup toy company, but obviously you needed funding and you need to go forward with it. So tell us kind of how you did all that. Right. So uh, I think the first step was actually deciding to make it happen. We had the idea and and talked about it and thought about it and dreamed about it for about a year before we made any measurable progress. And that was because at that point, you know, we liked it and, and we thought it was cool, but we hadn't really committed to it. We hadn't decided that this is more than just an idea. This is going to be a reality. That was the biggest step for us, making that mental leap. And for us, that came largely because of inspiration. So we had a chance to meet with other engineering alumni from the University of Illinois out in Silicon Valley. And these people had started in the same classrooms as we were in and ended up founding these companies that are, you know, many of which are really high profile. So seeing that and spending some time surrounded by those sorts of people was really, really inspirational. It was kind of that motivation we needed to say, hey, we can turn this from an idea and, and make it something real. That's awesome. So that gave you a big push. Yeah, that was definitely the, the inspiration and the motivational push that we needed. I guess the next step for us was 
finding the right people with the right skills. So uh, once we decided that this was something we wanted to actually create, we had to take a very honest look at our own skill sets and our own abilities and figure out where our strengths were and also where our team was lacking. Two of us alone definitely didn't have all of the skills required to start a business. As much as we are passionate and have ideas, neither of us is very good at uh, design or or art at all, really. So finding people with those skills that we lacked was really, really critical. And I think that's something, having that recognition of your own abilities and and what the project really needs is, is key in moving forward. So knowing your strengths and also your shortfalls and how you could leverage your strengths and kind of get help where you need it. Right. So for us, uh, help came in the form of our designer, Kelly, and she has been super instrumental. I mean, every image you see on our website was made by her. And you know, when you're talking about a startup like this, and especially a consumer-facing startup, the images are how we communicate. That is our brand. That's how we share our messages with the world. So that was a really big step for us. That's awesome. So you built this team. That was a huge, obviously a huge step. Yeah. And then how did you proceed from there? Now you got this team, you got the inspiration, you got going, you put together a team. Then where do you go from there? I guess the third step was talking about it. You know, a lot of people tend to want to develop things in secret. And uh, short of perhaps really, uh, I guess, secretive intellectual property that you want to develop, you can't create your products in a bubble. And so we went out and we talked to parents and we talked to kids and our idea actually changed shape a couple of times as a result of those conversations we had. So whoever the customer is, and in our case, we have this sort of multifaceted customer or we have the people that are shelling out the money for it and that's parents and grandparents. And what they want to see has some overlap with what our users or their kids want to see, but it's not necessarily the same thing. So interacting with both of those groups of people and understanding what they're looking for was definitely the big step. Hmm. And then along with that came spreading the word. And I think that's where we got into the Indiegogo campaign. So as much as it was about getting that funding that was really essential in helping us move forward, it was also about really validating that this is something that the world wants to see. And uh, as wonderful as it is when people say, wow, this is great. I think what you're doing is amazing and I totally support it. It's a whole nother thing to have them say, you know, this is great. I support it. And here, here's my credit card. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. That's validation that you can't get just through conversations. <laughs> right. So that was the, you know, possibly the biggest value and, and one of the longest lasting impacts that we can see from our Indiegogo campaign. Obviously the funding is necessary, but in terms of product development and in terms of moving forward as a company, you know, the validation of you know, these people are willing to support us was really, really important. That's a great point. Just from some of my own ventures, I, I did an Indiegogo campaign not too long ago with my daughter, who's eight. We wrote some kids books and we ended up raising a lot of money to bring them to hospitals to give out to children. And it was it was awesome, but it was a ton of work. I mean, you've got to hustle for every single second of that campaign, as you know, especially because you you raised quite a bit of money in a short period of time. But you're right. And I think that this, any engineer out there, I mean, you may have an idea that's a big idea where you want to start a huge company, or you may, like I said before, want to start a new initiative in your own company. And you may get people all the time say, oh, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Why don't you pursue it? But then when it comes time, you say, well, are you going to help me? Or are you going to come to the first meeting I'm setting? Or are you going to do this? 
that's when you really find out who's behind you, what kind of support you have. There's really no other way to do it. And like Surprise said, when you have to get money and exchange money from someone, that's really validation. And it must have been a great feeling to start to see how that campaign kind of took off. Yeah, it really was. And I think the value in talking to your customers, whether it's you know external or you're handing off something to a different department in your own company, is that you get some of the validation and some of the buy-in a little earlier. So it's not like we had created this product without any interaction with kids or parents and then put it on the internet to see if they liked it. At least we had done some of that iteration, some of that development, and knew that at least a handful of people liked it before we put it out to test with the masses. Sure. So the campaign must have been a tremendous amount of work, but like you said, it was good in a lot of respects. You obviously raised the money, but also you got interaction, you got validation. And now this campaign ended, what was it, a few months ago, I believe? Yeah, it ended in mid-August. Okay, great. Okay, so the campaign ends, you have some funds, but really importantly, you have kind of feedback from people. So how have things been going now? I assume actually from looking at some of your updates, it looks like you're right into product development now, making progress on that. Yeah, we're making progress, certainly. I think inevitably with with any startup, you're going to run into some things that you didn't anticipate. So uh, we had created a digital 3D model and, and we worked with a professional to create this 3D model of the doll. And of course, as engineers, I'm prone to accept you know, CAD models as uh, real, true representations of reality. And the <laughs> fact is, you, know, you just can't get an essence for the product until you hold it in your hands. And so you know, once we had the product created from the CAD model, we realized, well, so this isn't quite what we wanted. And I guess that was sort of a surprise. And so these are the sorts of things that have been coming up and um, making us go back a little bit and iterate a little more, but it's all a part of the design process. You know, for us, it's a little more focused on aesthetics, you know, in engineering, it's more focused on functionality, but uh, it's the same. It's the same engineering design process that we saw in school over and over again. Let me ask you this question. How did you I mean, you have a background in science, your parents in science, you went to school for engineering. Where did the entrepreneurial spirit that you have come from? Did you always have it or is it something that came about for some reason? Or <laughs> If you had talked to me as a freshman in college, I would have told you that I was going to go work at a Fortune 500 company. I knew exactly which one and I was going to spend my whole career there. <laughs> uh, so no, I, I didn't always have this. I think it was almost an accident that I ended up exposed to the entrepreneurial world. I was applying to be a resident advisor. And uh, (laughs) the way the structure of the program worked at Illinois was that you couldn't choose where you lived unless you applied for these specific living learning communities, which were in specific halls. And I really wanted to live in the dorm that was closest to the engineering classes. So uh, I applied to live in Innovation LLC, which was the living learning community that was focused on entrepreneurship and innovation. And somehow I got the job. So uh, I started there and that was my first real exposure to entrepreneurship. And before that, I guess I thought it was kind of cool, but I never once considered the possibility that I would start my own business. But I took a couple classes through that community. I met a lot of people through that community. I think even my whole mindset has changed. You can sort of see the difference between the people that are looking critically at the world and saying, hey, this isn't great. I'm going to make it better 
versus those that are saying, hey, this isn't great. I guess I'll live with it. Uh, I think that's something that I picked up definitely in the last couple of years. Well, it sounds to me, and, and this is no, of no surprise to me, but from a lot of the stuff that you're saying, what a lot of your success so far and a lot of the actions that you've taken have come down to people, the people you've surrounded yourself with, the people you've met, the alumni that you went and met and you got inspired by, which I think is great. I mean, I'm a huge believer in communities. That's why I actually started a community that I run through the site for engineers that are motivated and want to have you know great careers. And it's been helpful to see people get energy from each other. And I, it's obvious that that was obviously a big help to you. And pro- I'm sure it still is and will continue to be. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Gosh, people are so general. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> We've had a lot of mentors. We've had a lot of supporters. You know, some of them have been with us from the start. Some are family. Some have been friends. Some of them are professional advisors. But that's been... There's no way we would have gotten here without it. Actually, I don't know that my co-founder and I ever would have teamed up if it weren't for one mentor we had that suggested we work together. Hmm. So, wow. uh, yes, we had a couple of really key influencers. That's awesome. So, we'll kind of wrap things up, but I just do want to ask you a couple questions about the actual, you know, the company and kind of, obviously I know you're in the early beginnings of it, but I'm sure you have a marketing plan and some ideas, but have you thought about, or have you done anything with organizations like STEM organizations, like whether it be, you know, some of the younger school driven organizations or the Girl Scouts or other kind of organizations, do you have plans or are you doing things like that to get the word out? Or will you, I guess maybe when you have the product, you will. So Many of those organizations actually helped us spread the word when we were running our Indiegogo campaign. And in that way, we've partnered with a number of them. Um, And then we're continuing discussions with some of them. For example, I've got pretty strong connections with the Society of Women Engineers since I was really involved throughout college. So I worked with that organization a little bit. And we'll definitely continue to look for opportunities to engage with these organizations because there are so many of us with similar values and similar missions it doesn't make sense for us to compete for people's attention. We're all working towards the same thing. You know, let's work together. Hmm. Excellent. And how about your business plan as far as, obviously you have this, the doll is the idea from what it sounded like was to continue to, you know, come up with different historical characters and scientists. Yeah. So I think we have a couple avenues we can take this. You know, one natural opportunity for, extending our brand and extending our products is to expand into other dolls. And we have our first three selected. So our first one is Marie Curie, as I mentioned. Our second is going to be Bessie Coleman, who is the first Black woman to earn an international pilot's license. And then the third will be Ada Lovelace, who is the first computer programmer. And uh, we're continuing to look into other dolls that we can create. But these first three will, will keep us busy for a little while. And uh, beyond that, we've been talking about maybe science kits at some point or even focusing more on the app side. Essentially, what we're doing with this app is scaling up the outreach activities that we used to take to classrooms. So instead of us having to go in there, you know, essentially it's on a tablet instead and you're learning from Marie Curie instead of me. Hmm. So maybe that's another avenue we can take it and focusing on maybe bringing these to schools I see a lot of opportunities. That's great. And and I think having the over a thousand funders that you have from Indiegogo and your other social media and other outlets, you obviously can get the customer's voice, like you said before, and kind of 
you know, use that to help you, I guess, decide where to go, which is an awesome benefit to have. And I'm sure, you know, obviously another big benefit of the, of the crowdfunding, which, which is a great thing. Well, this all sounds amazing. Real quickly, before I let you go, I just want to kind of make everyone aware of the different places to find you, or I guess the best place would be to go to bemisspossible.com, which I will link to in the show notes. And again, that's be the word be and then miss m i s s possible.com and i will link to that and i guess they can keep kind of touch with you there right i'm sure the social medias are on the site i already saw so they can kind of keep track of when this product's going to come to market i'm sure that there's a lot of engineers listening that have daughters including myself my daughter's age she loves science i would love to get her doll when it comes out it's great so we'll post that information in the show notes and just to kind of summarize before i let Sapria go she gave us some of the steps that it took really to take this idea and make it a reality. The first being decide to make it happen. And in order to kind of get the push to do that, her and her partner got a lot of inspiration from other alumni that they went to visit. And again, those of you out there listening, you have an idea, you want to do something, talk to people. Talk to people that have done things similar to that. The next step that she talked about was finding the right people with the right skills and I think this is a big one because I know as engineers, or at least myself all the time, you know, we think because of our education and because of all the stuff that we've learned, sometimes that we can do everything or sometimes the entrepreneurial side of you says I can do everything. But at the end of the day, if you're going towards a bigger goal, you need to get help. You need to get help from the people that can kind of fill the gaps with the things that you can't do. And you also have to recognize where your time is most needed. So that was kind of the second step. And then the third step, which I thought was great, was talking about it, talking to the people that you're going to be serving, talking to the users, the end users, another huge deal for engineers. And I tell engineers this all the time, even when it comes back to just straight engineering design. I've talked to so many engineers that design projects without even asking the people maybe that are going to use the park or use the road, what they want to see in it. And I think that that's a huge takeaway that can help you be a much better engineer. And obviously it works in different worlds, like it's worked here for Supriya in the building this toy. And then lastly, she talked about the actual campaign, you know, getting involved in Indiegogo. And really, I use the word hustle because I know when you do these campaigns, you're on the phone, you're on emails all day, you're getting people's interest, you're trying to get people to support you, you're trying to validate your idea. So it's kind of really, really going through and putting this to the test. And listen, I don't care what you do, what kind of career you have. If you're an engineer, you want to make a partner, whatever the case may be, there's going to be some hustle involved. There's going to be some hard work involved. You're going to have to you know, meet the right people. You're going to have to take some extra effort. And that's what Supriya and her partner have done. And they've now put themselves in a position, I think, to, to really launch this company and hopefully do a lot of great things for STEM and for getting young girls involved in STEM and science and it's, and it's all great. So Supriya, thank you so much for your time. I'm really excited that you're not just on the show, but also we got to talk about this and I can kind of watch you and we can kind of check on you and the company and see how it grows. I really appreciate the time. No, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Now it's time for the Take Action Today segment of the show. This is the segment where I'm going to give you a piece of action that if you take and implement it, you can see some results immediately. One of the things that came up in this show, whether you noticed it or not, was the idea of people. 
people motivated Supriya when she got around the right people. People mentored her. People funded her project. Everything is about people in your career and your life. So what I want you to do is identify five people, write them down on a piece of paper, five people that can help you in your engineering career, whether it's inspiring you, motivating you, teaching you, lifting you up, whatever the case may be, identify them and reach out to them for something, whether it's a phone call, whether it's a lunch, whether it's just an email, whether it's anything that you can do to get something from them to help you move forward, get some inspiration. Because I know you have ideas, goals, things in your engineering career that you want to become a reality, but there's here and there's there and you need to get there. And this activity should help you to do that. And please remember, if you do really want to get around motivating people, please consider helping out with the Kickstarter campaign for the Engineering Career Success Summit at engineeringevent.com. I promise you, if you come to this event, it will blow your mind. It will change your career forever. So please consider checking that out. And until next time, I hope that you continue to engineer your own success. If you want to hear more episodes of the Engineering Career Coach podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes or go to engineeringcareercoach.com where you will find tons of free engineering career resources. Just click the Start Here button on the site for an easy-to-navigate index of all the resources available. You can also follow Anthony Fasano on Twitter at Anthony J. Fasano or Facebook at facebook.com forward slash engineer your own success. Until the next time, thanks for listening.